It's, uh, it is great to be back and uh, uh, from our trip. For those of you who are guests, uh, my wife and I have, have been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, we made a trip to uh, one of the churches that we support in our missions work over in Odessa, Ukraine. And then after that, we on our way back, we stopped by France. We had a meeting with the, the board of the European Missions Society and did a lot of things there. And, uh, and while we were gone, I just want to thank, uh, of course, Josh and Michelle for taking care of things and keeping things rocking. The elders, amen, and thanking the church for everything. And Mark Penner, I know I've heard so much about last Sunday's time of, of, of just worship and praise. And Mark and I talked about this a month or so ago when we had one of those praise nights on Saturday night. And I said, dude, we just need to do this on Sunday like every six weeks or so. It just happened to be that the first one that rolled around, we weren't here for, and we were bummed out about that, but I'm, I've heard that it was a great time, and of course, we'll be enjoying that again in the future, uh, uh, like I said, every six, six or so weeks. So, amen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, uh, our missions, and because that's where we just came back from, and of course, we have our special contribution. We as a church take this up. Every year, this year it's coming up here on October, uh, what I have it here, October the 2nd, and our goal is, is whatever we give on, on Sundays, just say times 10, and that's what I will give on my special contribution, and all of that, none of it goes towards, uh, uh, you know, this salary or anything like that, it goes towards missions, and so we just got back from that, one of those mission teams, and there's so much good news to share, and I feel like... Like in Acts chapter 14, verse uh, 27, Barnabas and Saul just come back from their missionary journey. They gathered the leaders and the whole church uh, in Antioch that kind of sent them out. And it says they reported to them uh, all God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And so that's kind of what we want to do here is give a little report uh, on the church of Odessa. Phyllis and I both felt so encouraged, so much better uh, coming back, we always loved the church in Odessa, but there was just a, a, such a spirit this time. Uh, we can see tangible growth, not just in, in, in people being baptized or restored, but just in the spirit and the enthusiasm and in the attitude. We, we did a, a marriage workshop, I think on a Tuesday night, and uh, they said this was a record attendance. It had more than they've ever had before coming as far as members and guests and everything, and uh, just a lot of things, the enthusiasm Everything's really growing. Now, here we've got the Ukraine, and you see you got this little arrow. That's where Odessa is. Now, I just want to show you this because I want you to understand the dynamic of what goes on here. You see Odessa is right on the Black Sea. It is right now the only port city for the entire country. The Crimea over there, now we all know that that's Russia's now, right? We, we read the news. That ain't, that's not just an old map. It's not Ukraine anymore. Russia took that. Because that was the other ports, as well as I learned, Crimea has a huge tunnel underneath it from the ocean. That's where Russia keeps all its nuclear subs, underneath Crimea. And so I go, well, no wonder Vladimir Putin snarked that back up. He said, nope, we, we ain't giving up our subs, right? But that's only about 130, 40 miles away from Odessa. Okay, so there is a bit of insecurity because they know uh, Russia could take over Odessa, just move down the coast a little bit, and then cut the Ukraine off. Now, Donetsk, if you see it, it's right up there on to the right. 
That's where all the war that you're hearing about is happening. That city is a border town. And uh, we've got a small, small church there now because most of its members have left, like most of the people in the community have left. Uh, and they fled all over the Ukraine, several of them. Uh, now I think Poland has just agreed to take in uh, several hundred thousand Ukrainian refugees because they're trying to get out of the country. The country is in... Um, turmoil, it's in uh, an economic challenge. And when I think about all of these things that they're wrestling with, this passage came to mind in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth about a famine and a hardship over in, you know, in Israel, but he's actually talking about Macedonian churches and their response to it. But let's read this together. Because this reminded me so much of the spirit we saw from our brothers and sisters uh, uh, in, in Odessa, Ukraine. It says in verse um, 1, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for this privilege of sharing uh, in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had uh, earlier made a beginning, to also bring to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love that we have uh, kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it to the earnestness of others. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he, be, he for your sake became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. To me, there's so much of the Odessa church scene in this passage, particularly in that verse, verse 2, when it says, in the midst of severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. We know that the country is going through severe trial and conflict with Russia. Basically, if we put the map back up there, but uh, we don't want to do Russia wants the Ukraine to always be unstable, basically, so it'll be a buffer between them and the uh, European Union. They don't want Ukraine to join the European Union, because then that puts the European Union right at their doorstep, and they don't want that. It's caused a severe trial. Uh, Sasha shared, he goes, here's what it's like for me. Take your salary, whatever it is, you can do that in your brain. What is your annual salary? Divide it in thirds. Take one third of it, that's what you live on now. Whatever your salary is and whatever your lifestyle is, just take one third of that, that's what you now have to live on. But none of the other prices have changed. <laughs> it's not like everything went, got cheaper. And that's where they're at, that's where they're living. Yet they served us incredibly. They, they, gave to, they tried to pay for everything, but we, would, we wouldn't let them. I finally said, Sasha, no, you're not going to pay. 
You know, God has blessed us. We're, we're, we're going to pay. They took from their own expenses and their own time to help the refugees from Donetsk that were staying there in, in the Ukraine. And yes, we gave the money that, that you sent and you gave. But they were going to go anyway. They were going to do it anyway, whether they got help from us or not. Because that's their heart. That's, that's who they really are. And we got there to that refugee center and we found this, this huge concrete building. And, and Actually, what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to pull the microphone around. I'm going to let Phyllis come up and share with you and uh, share some photographs of some of the things that happened there made possible by their heart, their love, and also your gift uh, to help some of these people. So Phyllis, why don't you come on up? All of you would be so proud of the Odessa Church if you could be with them and see them and just um, have a meal with them because they are incredible people. And, you know, we took over many, I think about 100 friendship bracelets for the kids. They loved it. They just gather around you like, ah, it's Christmas. And I'm going, it's just a bracelet. But to them, it's incredible. And the parents were just grateful. Just that, you know what, as a church, we think about them. As a church, we pray for them. We consider them. And that means so much. But here is the building um, that the refugees live in. It's a privately owned building. And they, it's not really that nice. It looks better there than it does in person. Um, and there were probably about 150 refugees living there. By the time we got there, it was probably between 80 and 90. They had left because this privately owned building um, wants money. The person that owns it wants money. They get approximately, the refugees get approximately $60 a month from the Ukrainian government. Rent is $100 a month. You don't have the other 40. So what the owner started doing was cutting off electricity, cutting off water. The day that we went, there was no electricity, there was no water. And these refugees are not, um, some of them are capable, some, but the majority of them are not. They have physically challenged parents or they have physically challenged children. So therefore it's a little bit harder for them to go and get a job. It's a little bit harder for them to find a place to live because people don't want to rent to someone that has a physical disability. Because there's something about if you do, then we, you'll never leave. And there's a 21-year-old orphan. Well, he's, he's an orphan. He's 21 years old, doesn't have a job. His disability is he's a type 1 diabetic. He cannot get a place to live because he's diabetic. So Sasha's really trying to help him. Sasha and Maya, their hearts to help these people are incredible. I mean, here they are. They make maybe $800 a month, and they're trying to make ends meet for these people. Okay, let's go to the next picture. Okay, so here's a woman. I got to see her apartment, but let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, in Donetsk, she owned two bakeries. She owned an apartment. Russia came, very, doing very well in her businesses. Russia came in, they wanted her businesses. She signed them over. 
because she watched other business owners who did not sign over and keep their businesses get pushed out. And some of them died because they were not allowed to have food. They, it's just amazing. Like when she was explaining it, it's like I don't, understand, I don't comprehend. But that's what happened. So she signed it over. She has her son and her parent, her parents and a sister she's responsible for. I got to see the inside of their apartment. I didn't take one picture. Of, I didn't take a picture of one room because her dad is elderly and he's laying there in a diaper and I did not feel that that would be respectful and it would not leave him with much dignity for me to do that. But I did take a picture of one of the rooms. See, can we see the next picture? All right, so that room is small. That's where the son sleeps, but I think another family member sleeps in there. The other room is a little bit bigger. There's three beds in there, a small table, and a little bitty what we call college refrigerator. They cook in the hallway well, or in the entrance. That's it. Well, and then, then the bath, you have the toilet and then you have the bathroom. But remember, there's no electricity and there's no water. So they don't get to, they just stay. They just live there or sit outside. Um, let's go to the next picture, please. So this is, are you going to share about the day or you want me to share? Okay. All right. So it was amazing how many people from the Odessa church were there. Actually, there were more people from the church than the refugees. And so we prepared lunch. What you see there are open-faced sandwiches. And um, so we fed all the refugees and the other people living in the apartment. Um, they were very grateful because they couldn't cook that day. Um, and also, let's see, can we go to the next slide, please? Slide, that's old. Um, you can't see here, but this is a table full of desserts. June 1st was Children's Day. So people who couldn't make it to um, this apartment building, because it's an hour and a half to two hours outside of Odessa. It depends on who's driving. Um, but <laughs> and it depends on who tells you how long it takes. We learned with Sasha, oh, it's an hour, oh, it's two. And if it's five minutes, oh, it's 20 minutes. But anyway. Don't tell him when he comes in a few weeks. Don't tell him that. So anyway, um, people that were not able to make it made desserts because evidently on Children's Day, on June 1st, you make a lot of pastries. So there were lots of beautiful homemade desserts there um, for the children because they wanted to honor the children that were refugees. Um, and then let's go to the next picture. That might be all. No, you did not have one of um, of Sergei Superman. Oh, okay. All right. So out in the hall, out in the foyer, there's a loop of photos, and we had the kids playing games. Well, not us. Sergei, who we Sergei Superman. There's Sergei Superman, Sergei Dennis, Sergei, uh, upholstery maker for cars. So. <laughs> So you have to figure out, because you go, Sergei, they all go, what? Um, and two of them, their wives are named Tatiana. One of their wives is named Natasha. All right. 
So you have Sergei, dentist's wife, uh, Tatiana. So anyway, um, and you have Losha and Sasha and um, anyway. And one of the young campus guys is named, he told us his name is Alexander, or we could call him Losha, or we could call him Sasha. This was three years ago. We just looked at him and went, and your name is Walter. And so, <laughs> so we still call him Walter, um, which he is actually that Sergey, the dentist's son. Um, but anyway, Sergey Superman, he got all the kids together for games, the kids from the church and the, and the um, kids living in this apartment building. And everybody was like here. All their energy's here. His energy's up here. And he kept the kids going and playing games, and he never stopped. And it was so neat to see his energy, and it was so neat to see how people, how the kids responded to him, and they just loved him. And that was honestly just a great day of giving. But the Odessa Church just gave all their heart to these people, and they're still trying to figure out what else they can do to be giving to them. So understanding that, you know, as we show you these pictures and as you look at the ones on the slideshow in the lobby, each person there that came to, to serve has severe hardships of their own. Each person gave what they could plus more. And it's so inspiring. And it's so encouraging. And it's so challenging. And that's where verse 8 that we just read comes in. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it to the earnestness of others. And I go, why? I mean, you know, Paul's talking to this church in Corinth, and he's talking about the Macedonian church. Why did he decide to say that part? Why did the Holy Spirit deem it necessary to put that part in the Bible? And I think it's because it causes me to think of myself. It causes us to think, what about me? It challenges us. Now, I'm not asking, we're, nobody's asking for any giving today and no contributions or anything like that. That's not the point. We greatly appreciate, they greatly appreciated the gift that was sent here. And it's being put to good use. Some of the people that are in that home are being forced out, but they can't leave because they're bedridden. They can't just jump in a car and go. It takes special vehicles and everything to move them. So some of that money will help some of them move because otherwise they just can't go. It's getting put together, but they don't rely on it, and that's what's so inspiring to me. If it weren't there, they would... The, the, the church, the, our brothers and sisters would still be doing everything they could do. There's no sense of entitlement. There's no sense of expectation from them. And the same thing from the people that were at the center. I never got the impression that they expected any of this. Uh, there was no sense of, yes, you should be helping me. There was just this gratitude. And... That's what he talks about here. And if we hear about this, we hear about the, the hearts of others and we see this in others, but we don't reflect, then it just becomes fluff. It just becomes a fuzzy, warm feeling and basically useless. And that's why I think Paul, the Holy Spirit, God put this next part in, that verse 8. 
I'm not commanding you. I'm just letting It's kind of like I'm giving you an opportunity to test the sincerity of where your heart is. Because if we're sitting here thinking, what's the big deal about a bunch of people over on the other side of the planet? What about people right here? That just shows something. I'm not even going to say what it shows. But that's what we got to do. Test our own hearts. And then in chapter 8, verse uh, 24, he, he, he continues on this topic. He says, Therefore show these men, and in the, that he's referring to those who are collecting the money when he says these men. He says, Therefore show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see it. You know, I've noticed, and we've said this before, people get funny when they think you're talking about money. But here's the deal. Paul's not talking about money here. He's really not. And neither am I. That's not the point. This church is incredibly generous. This church is incredibly sacrificial. We as a church are able to do foreign works many other churches our size and even larger don't do. And I, I share this. And I, I share about your hearts with pride. And I'm not talking the bad kind of pride. I'm talking about the good kind there. He said in verse 24, the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you. I, I'm not trying to, you know. So I, I share this because I'm proud of this church and your hearts and what, what God has, has led you to. But that's, we're not talking about money here. We're talking about that, the reflection of the heart. A gut check of your love. And not just love for us or love for this town, but maybe brothers and sisters on the other side of the planet. The proof of your love. He uses that, that phrase. Like James said, faith without deeds is dead. So we're not calling to give money today. Not calling to sacrifice. What we're calling to do is for us to all be encouraged by your brothers and sisters in Odessa. Be encouraged by what this church has been able to do in partnering with them, in helping them. And also encourage you to take a close and serious look at your heart. Maybe you need to pray that you grow and change. Maybe you need to talk to someone about it. Maybe not. Maybe you could look at your heart and go, yeah, I mean, I feel like my heart's there. Either way, amen. Just take a look. Paul wraps this up a little later. Actually, it jumps over into chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians as he starts to wrap up his topic here. And in verse 12, he says, This service that you perform, it's not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You see what Paul's saying here. He's saying, look, the gifts... The gifts are, yeah, they are supplying the needs of others. But what he says they really are, are an expression of thanks to God. 
And it's leading others to praise God. And it leads others to pray for you and for God's grace to you. I can tell you, the Odessa Church loves the Champagne Church. Now, only two of them have ever been here, okay? Sasha and Maya. Only, uh, uh, they have only actually met two of us, Phyllis and I. A little bit later this year, they'll also get to meet the Byers and the, and the Lutzes. But so far, they, they, I mean, they've, they've met the Byers and the Cochrans via Skype. The campus is desperate to meet and hang out with you guys via electronics. They really, really want to. But they feel a bond. They got these friendship braces. And like Phyllis said, it was, you know, and there's some pictures, uh, and we'll, we'll show some more of those next week out on the, on the, on the foyer TV. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, well, how much did those cost? Like 50 cents a piece or something. I mean, they were nothing. Oh, you would have thought this was the greatest thing in the world. Why? Because you thought of them. It bonds us together. They feel, they're starting to believe now we actually really care about them. It's not just, oh, that happened and we won't see you again for another five years. They're starting to feel like we really, really care. And so he closes with a saying, he, he called this whole process, this giving to them and them to us, he calls it an indescribable gift, is what Paul calls it. The gift of the money, well, maybe, yeah, but it was so far much more than that. It's the gift of helping others, yes. Also that gift of connection. The gift of brotherhood. The gift of I am part of something bigger than Champagne, Urbana. I'm part of something bigger than just the Midwest. A true sense of brotherhood and connection is being developed. Maybe someday you can come with us and we'll all go to Odessa together. Now Sasha has told me, don't bring, I said, we're going to bring six people. He goes, I don't have that many translators. Please do not. <laughs> and it's true. Uh, but, but there are so many plans, and I look forward to in the next coming months as, as things get more and more developed to share with you some of these plans to even help the Odessa Church more and more to grow and to study the Bible and to, and to reach out to people. And then plans we work through them to work with the church in Kishinev, Moldova. And really starting to help that church next. Incredible things. But you see what I'm saying here is all of this we share, we don't just share good news, a mission report. If you take it for that, then amen. Take it for that, be encouraged. If you take it as your gift that you gave for the benevolence and it helps them and here's some things that we do with it and I'm encouraged, then amen, take it for that. But I want to encourage you to take it deeper. And to realize that what this is really is a sign, as, as Paul says, an indescribable gift, a bond, an opportunity to be a part of something bigger, something greater than ourselves. An opportunity to test my heart, to test my love for others, truly even others I don't even know. And to grow and to be a part of something special and extraordinary. So, amen. Have a great time today. Uh, you know, we're going to end a little early maybe. You can beat, uh, beat the vineyard to the Cracker Barrel or, or whatever. I don't know. 
um, going out for Father's Day. Have a great Father's Day. Uh, and, and think about this and pray. Pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Pray for Europe. Pray for all that we have. Thank you very much.